Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From a network of highly secure, top secret locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined as always by Tom Horsborn, Jeff McDonald, and Nick Talbot. Since we spoke to you last, the good news is your local Cagers have won four of their last six games. The bad news is the local Cagers have won four of their last six games. I see what, what you do you think. Is this is this a good thing or a bad thing? How do you uh, how do you uh, handle this news? Let's start with Jeff. Is it a good thing or a bad thing uh, to to uh, to go Mac Brown on you? Yes. There you go. Yes. Why is it good? Why is it bad? For for the glass half full, glass half empty. Speak to all of the listeners, and this week they're only listeners. We haven't gotten our act together back into the highly secure, top secret headquarters. So this is just for your ears this week, uh, but 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 t- but talk to the people. Let's be honest with the uh, listeners who aren't viewers. It's, it's because no one wanted to look at you. That's correct. They asked us to please stop putting this on video, so people they, like they can mute you, but they uh-huh. they can't they can't just like um, what's the opposite of mute or what's the visual equation? They can't visually mute you. So blindfold themselves. Uh, yeah. Well, why we should pass out blindfolds, and that Maybe would be so. Anyway, anyway, why is it good? Because winning is good, and winning is winning is good for the for the soul. It's good for morale. Uh, it's good for these young kids to learn how to win a game uh, here or there. Um, you know, and and you know, no one wants to lose eleven in a row. That was miserable. So it's it's fun to have stretches where you win four of six, and you know, they're they're not the the Orlando freaking Magic winning like six in a row or anything like that. I mean, let's not get out of hand. But winning is good. And it's good for these guys to learn how to win and to have some success and to see some sort of, um, you know, uh, proof that, that the way they're playing and the way they're being taught to play can, can bear fruit. Um, it's bad because it's pushed the Spurs. Uh, now they are in sole possession of, uh, I think it's 28th place, 29, 27th place in the NBA, which you want to be uh, 28, 29, or 30, preferably close to 30. So, yeah, it is, it, you know, the, every win sort of sort of um, lessens their lottery odds to, to get one of the, the big guns at the top of this top of this draft. I mean, there are some really bad teams out there. It's going to be hard to out-tank Houston is one thing I'm seeing. Um, and then there's some teams in the East that are going to be hard to out-tank. So um, every time you win a game, it, it, it uh, affects that part of the equation. So it's, 
you know, if, if you're a Spurs fan, it's hard to be totally happy or totally upset. It's a weird season that way. Anything to add, Tom Orsborn? Yeah, I mean, from, from the positive uh, viewpoint during this six-game stretch, we've seen Devin Vassell, you know, assert himself. Um, there was that game I covered in Miami where he, he hit two big shots in the last two minutes to basically win that game. Um, he played uh, really well against Houston uh, uh, Monday night on the 19th uh, with Keldon Johnson out. He he uh, shot a you know high volume and and did really well in that game. Uh, you know then the rookies uh, Malachi Branham in Mexico City uh, that was the start of a really good two games for him. He played well off the bench there after playing a G League game the night before. That was pretty impressive. And then he carried it over and had another good game in Houston. So you know from in, individual standpoints you've got you've got things to look at. And to be, you know, if you're if if you're looking for positives, uh, that that bode well for the future. Uh, once these guys get as uh, Greg Popovich says, a superstar, you know, once they get a superstar in place, they've they've got a good supporting cast. If you continue continue to see that development from Devin, Branham, Sohan, Keldon, you know, those guys that'll be part of the supporting cast. But the more they win, the harder it's going to be to get that superstar. It's a yeah, catch yeah. twenty-two. It's a conundrum. Catch twenty-two, absolutely. The since we've spoken to the listeners last, there has been the return of Jeremy Sohan. Right? Um, anybody want to fill us in on what we've seen from him coming back from his injury? We saw some one-handed free throws in Houston. That was interesting. What's the story there? Um, he's shooting free throws one-handed. That's the kind of in-depth analysis you can get on expressnews.com and all and the Express News newsletter. Jeff's been around Pop too long. That's a great Pop answer. It is. When, when he when he wants to be that way. Yeah, I don't know if I take that as a compliment or not. <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> all right. Uh, shoot around Houston. The Houston game was the first time uh, young Mr. Sohan has unveiled this unorthodox uh, free throw shooting form. And it really, uh, the first time I witnessed it was earlier in the morning at shoot-around, kind of standing around waiting to uh, um, speak to a couple of the fellas. And, uh, you know, at the end of shoot-around, there's just basically people doing just that, shooting around. At the uh, very end of the, at the opposite end of the Toyota Center was uh, Jeremy Sohan and a, and a coach called Greg Popovich kind of uh, working on this. And it, it, it caught my eye because you almost never see Pop that hands-on working with a guy's shooting for before and pop took the ball and put it in his own hand and took some shots and showed what he wanted and what he wanted uh, Sohan to do and, uh, and to mimic. And then I watched Jeremy Sohan sit there and sink about six in a row that way without the ball, even touching the rim. Like it was the most beautiful shot you've ever seen in your life. Um, one-handed or two-handed? One-handed. One-handed. Uh-huh. Holding the ball one-handed, just like you saw in the game the other night. Now in the game, he was one for four. I think it's going to take some while, a while to get used to. I also don't think this is going to be his form for life. I'm still kind of putting some pieces together on this. I'd like to talk to Jeremy himself about this. But I think what they're doing, and this is kind of a thing Chip England used to do when he was here, although you never saw it like publicly on the free throw line like you saw the other night, is to, when you got a guy that are trying to remake their shooting form, you kind of break it down to the very 
basic elements. And that's, it's just that, that motion, get the off hand out of there, get the, um, you know, get one hand under the ball, get the right amount of arc, the right touch. I remember years ago watching Chip do this with DeJounte Murray from about six feet. Like just, we're going to sit here for 20 minutes and just work on that motion with your, with one hand. And that's kind of what we saw pop doing with Sohan the other night. And, you know, it's part of a larger project uh, with, with Jeremy. I mean, he's got so many really quality skills and pieces that you can see right now that he can do well right now that he can help you with right now. Um, but like we've said on this podcast before, if he just would ever get some sort of outside jump shot, he's going to be kind of a problem for the rest of the league. And so this season is a lot about figuring out how to give this guy a jump shot because his form isn't great. Um, we've seen the three, the three pointer, especially earlier this season, like it's spinning sideways. Um, so they're really working with breaking down his shot to the foundation and rebuilding it. Um, and that this is part of that project. That's some really uh, helpful, insightful information from Jeff McDonald. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, bla- I, I blacked out there for a second while I was talking. <laughs> the, the the viewers are going to assume that this is some kind of imposter that's going on here. There wasn't any like uh, juvenile uh, puns or uh, or or jokey jokes in the middle of all of that analysis. We're 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 setting a new standard for ourselves. If it would make if it would make you feel better, I could make some armpit armpit noises or something. That might uh, put the, the the listeners at ease to think that you haven't been abducted, but um, yeah, that, that was very uh, that was very insightful. Learned a lot about free throw shooting and and Spurs way and all that type of stuff. Well, I aim to please. Very, very impressive, sir. I was trying to think of uh, last night. Jeff and I were exchanging texts on this topic. I was trying to think of the last guy who shot one handed like that, and you know, I finally. Googled it this morning, Desmond Mason, but he always took his offhand, his guide hand off right before shooting. But this is so unique. It's like it's like he's a one hand, one armed man. Uh, yeah. Like the one one armed man. Uh, Mike and I used to play basketball uh, with it in Corner Ward uh, University. I don't know if you remember that, Mike. The one armed man. That was a long time ago. That was you guys played basketball with the fugitive. <laughs> Well, that's that's where I thought Tom was going was with yeah. Richard Kimball, well, the man who the man who attacked Richard Kimball. But uh, yeah. yeah, but anyway, uh, that's interesting. That that so Jeff, in all likelihood, at some point, he's gonna he's gonna have that guide hand up there. Yeah, uh, I think. Well, I think you know the the Spurs are serious. Gonna be you know you're gonna know the Spurs are serious when he starts uh, shooting them granny style. <laughs> that would be Rick Barry. Yes. I believe they popularized that move. Right. Yeah, Maybe Rick Barry's son could teach him. Yeah. Um, by, by, by that, I mean John Barry. Right. Right. Well, who, who, which other son of Rick Barry would we be referring to? I don't know to? any other ones. Yeah. Um, any, you, you wrote something, uh, articles on expressnews.com in the hard paper edition of the San Antonio Express News and in the Express News newsletter about Spurs rookies, correct? Is there is there something that you can uh, tell us, tell tell the listeners about uh, any trenchant analysis to continue the trend that you've set forth in this podcast so far? Some more analysis about Spurs rookies in addition to Jeremy Sohan. Well, we um, we kind of knew coming into this year this was going to be a different sort of year for the Spurs incoming rookie class. Like for years and years, and this is kind of. Um, 
to the chagrin of, of a certain segment of the fan base, like when you're a Spurs rookie coming in, you realize you just come in knowing you're going to spend the year in Austin, basically. And if you see any time with the, with the NBA club, um, it might just be some uh, for a stretch here or there, some garbage time minutes, but you're not really going to have a role on the team. But we knew coming this year, this is a different kind. You know, those Spurs teams were competing for playoffs and championships, and they don't have time to bring rookies along, you know, to get rookies up to speed while they're in pursuit of that stuff. But a season like this, where the whole the idea of it is development, it's, it, we knew that the rookies that they drafted were going to have a chance to play and play a lot. And it's starting to come together for some of the, those guys. I mean, Sohan has started for most of the year. He's coming off the bench now. He started for most, most of the year, and you're starting to see him kind of come into his own and be a little more aggressive, looking for his own shot, uh, figuring out what he can and can't do, um, kind of test driving some things there. Um, but but the, the guy that's come along uh, that Tom mentioned earlier, uh, a little re- more recently, it was was Malachi Branham, um, the 20th pick out of, out of Ohio State. And he's gotten some run due to some injuries um, off the bench. You know, they've had some some uh, guard members of the guard rotation out. So Malachi has been playing a lot. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, he really looked like um, he was a little overmatched. It looked like. You know, he came in billed as this this great shooter. He was having trouble just connecting on much of anything beyond the three point arc. He looked pretty good inside the arc, but when when he had those chances, uh, the last couple games he seems to have put some stuff together. He's he's got like twenty six points in two games combined. He's ten of thirteen from the field. Uh, he's made I think five three pointers in those games in, in sort of limited minutes, and starting to show a little bit of what he can do. Um, and I think along. I mean, like with any rookie, and it, it's gonna it's gonna be ups and downs. You're gonna have some slippage. You're gonna have some good stretches or bad stretches. But he's in the middle of a good stretch right now. And I think we're I, and another piece of that puzzle is Blake Wesley, who looked like he was gonna push for a rotation piece until he was injured in his second NBA game, uh, tearing an MCL. But he's on the way back. He's played a couple G League games. Um, they're going to kind of. I assume eventually bring him back to the, the the big club and he'll work his way back in the mix as well. And so in a season like this, where you kind of wonder what to look for on the floor, if you're a fan, what, what am, what am I looking at? You're not really judging the season on wins or losses. You can't let your mood kind of uh, ride with the wins and losses. What you look for is, is guys like Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham and Blake Wesley. And do we see strides there? Do we see what they can be? Do we see the, 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 seeds being planted of what they can be in, in, you know, three, four years. And so that's kind of what we've seen lately from at least two of those guys who, who haven't been injured. The segue here um, with the assistance of friend of the podcast, airless Jordan is the bit of trivia that Malachi Branham was the first player in the history of the NBA and G league to play back to back games in a foreign country. He played for your Austin Spurs one night in Mexico City, the next night for the San Antonio Spurs, and the representative of the San Antonio Express News, expressnews.com, Spurs Insider Podcast, who was there to see it all, chronicle it as only he can, was our friend Tom Orsborn. And this is, this is my way of getting to the segment of the podcast where Tom tells us about his Mexico City adventure. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> oh, it was a great trip. Uh, not only for me, but uh, you know, the Spurs took their just about their entire office staff down there, and uh, 
by all accounts, everyone had a great time. Um, uh, the players, uh, it was, it was interesting to see Keldon uh, Johnson kind of go from, uh, I'm just going to stay in my hotel room and play. Uh, you know, going here and there in the city, uh, to see the sites and, and there, there are quite a few. And, uh, and then he was out there at the G League game on uh, Friday night, the Capitanes. Uh, that was a great atmosphere, and Keldon was uh, was part of it. You know, just uh, always uh, jumping off the bench and high-fiving guys and cheering and shouting instructions during the game. And then, you know, about midway through the uh, fourth quarter, uh, his teammates, uh, Sohan, you know, uh, uh, Devin, uh, Bassey, a couple other guys, they left. They took the they took a bus or shuttle back early to the hotel. Keldon stays there, and uh, you know, to the very end, uh, Spurs Austin Spurs lose, and he's out there uh, giving hugs to to guys from both teams and going in the locker room. Just the guy's incredible. His enthusiasm is really is really off the charts, and uh, so that that was kind of cool. And he had a great time in Mexico City, and. Uh, I think they all did. Devin said that, uh, you know, he'd love to see him play two games a year down there. So it, it was a really nice trip, really, really good time. Uh, for me personally, um, you know, I stayed till Sunday night and I was able to get out and see quite a bit. But it was kind of cool uh, with the World Cup going on, seeing all the uh, uh, cars parked along the streets with their radios blaring, uh, listening to the game and you know, you'd hear shouts here and there uh, when Argentina did something well. And uh, so it was, it was a cool experience. Is it really a trip to Mexico City, though, if the arena doesn't burn down? Yeah. Well, we had a little lighting issue, a uh, 15-minute delay. Ah, that's child's play. That's child's play. That doesn't even count. The lights wouldn't come back on. Um, and that, that came, you know, about two hours after – Commissioner Adam Silver had talked glowingly about uh, Mexico City's chances uh, if there ever is a next round of expansion to get a team. But, you know, in all, all truth, it, uh, the glitches at the arenas, arena that, that the league has experienced through the years, two of them uh, having to do with uh, Spurs games, really have no bearing. I, I mean, I think Mexico City is well positioned. Uh, there's a lot of money, a lot of sponsorships there, and I think that's the key. And the, the fans are enthusiastic. I know in your previous trip to Mexico City to cover an NBA game, there was quite a lot of drama um, when it came to you filing your story post game. How did that? How did this last trip compare to that setup? Uh, one of uh, one of our colleagues uh, in the office was able to get me a uh, hotspot, a Verizon hotspot from. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, unbeknownst to them, I believe, but, uh, that, that, that saved me. I was able to file, you know, a, a large part of your time in Mexico city is spent in a car or a bus because of the traffic and uh-huh. having that hot spot allowed me to file in, in situations where I normally would have had to wait quite a bit before I found Wi-Fi. but, uh, yeah, it made everything so much easier. No getting kicked out of arenas or, or, no. Being at a loss for where to find things. Jeff was there for the fire, right? Yeah, I, I filed that from the back of a uh, back of a van with a with a hotspot. 
Ah, there you go. That was back when we all had them, though. Yeah, and, that was a great time when we all had them. Uh, hint, hint. People don't want to hear about our hotspot issues. Yeah, but, yeah. but ice. Yeah, Iceman. Iceman had a great time. He was at a charity event they did uh, at the uh, America School, which is a, a school that has quite a few, as, as aptly named, a lot of Americans. But um, the clinic was open to people outside of the school. So there are a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, kids with disabilities that were part of that camp. And the Spurs showed up in force to help out. And the Iceman uh, had an opening statement that was that was really nice. And, uh, you know, everyone kind of gravitates toward him. He's such a... Uh, such an engaging figure and uh the Iceman went from being so slender to now kind of uh kind of a santa claus type and uh yeah uh, just uh, happens to a lot of people the kids gravitated toward him and uh no he had a great time and uh uh, it was really nice to see he loves he loves that ambassador role and uh whenever they have a chance to use him he you know really uh he really lights up for it well, I, I meant to ask you about another Spurs representative who George, the Iceman Gervin, has a larger than life personality. Everybody knows. Yes. Wonderful ambassador. Yes. I got a I got a text message, an SMS text message from Jeff McDonald last week that just about broke my heart when mm. he reported that there was another just insanely charismatic well-known Spurs representative who was going to be to make a public appearance in Mexico City and I was going to be able I was going to be unable to see him Jeff was going to be unable to see him and we are talking of course about behind the bench assistant Willis yeah. uh, was was that everything you dreamed it would be friend of the friend of everyone friend of everyone Willis Hall Willis Hall um, what was, did he take Mexico city by storm? Did he, did he stay there yeah. to become mayor? Uh, just the, one of the nicest people in the world, going to be a future head coach someday, just like Will Hardy became just like Becky Hammond will be James Borrego. Go down the list. Uh, Quinn Snyder, you're going to be hearing about Willis Hall at some point, but what was yeah, the Willis, Willis Hall experience in Mexico city? Yeah. Willis was a representative at a coaching clinic and, uh, you know, uh, he was his usual enthusiastic and engaging self there. And, uh, yeah, he was, I think he, I think I saw him at the G league game as well, along uh-huh. with R.C. Buford and, uh, some other folks. Yeah. He was all over the place, uh, doing a great job. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, Willis, Willis is wonderful. He's always, always been a friend of, <laughs> you know, a friend to us, always been a friendly face. And he was certainly that way in Jeff, Jeff can speak to this and and we're sort of just kind of joking because it's, it's fun to see those type of guys. Um, again, I'll let Jeff talk about it more in depth, but when you're a, a reporter in the old days, especially before COVID and your job is to stand in, in locker rooms and just kind of stand there like an idiot because you're supposed to document when the locker room is open, make sure nothing happens. A lot of times the, the other goofball in there is the video coordinator and back when Jeff was starting out, that was who? Uh, James Borrego? Was he your first? JB yeah. was, my, was my first video coordinator, yeah. 
I mean, the, the, all these guys come through here. Mike Budenholzer was a video coordinator a long time ago. Wow. Um, Joe, Joe Prunty became a head coach for a while. You see these guys kind of work their way up. And like Willis is um, panicked one day after a game, um, I think when Kawhi was still here, because he had to, this, his big job that night, just frantic, was he was in charge of getting the the wine for the night. Um, and you see, you see these guys a lot of times in their early 20s, mid-20s, whatever, just working their way up, looking at video, kind of just sitting there, making small talk, whatever. But these guys become uh, NBA superstar coaches, and it's it's cool to see. But go ahead and, and and tell people your video coordinator stories. Well, I, I don't know if I have any stories, but just the inside baseball is kind of what you mentioned. Like, it's not like you're just standing around the locker room. But yeah, you want to go. You, you have a question to ask Danny Green, but you have to go in there and wait until Danny Green is done with whatever you know, warming up or comes out of the train. Like, so you just have to go stand by his locker, and it just does feel weird just to be standing there staring into space. And so what, what you start to learn is, well, here's this same guy sitting next to me in, in, in every locker room from Orlando to Milwaukee to Salt Lake City. And so you, it just becomes a familiar face and you want to talk to somebody so you don't look like you're just standing around like, like an idiot. So you just start making small talk with the, with the uh, guy next to you who I, who I found out very early on was the video coordinator. That was, that was James Borrego. And you, you, just, you just talk about anything just to, just to kind of keep yourself occupied. Um, you can learn a lot from those guys. Um, some of them are funny. I think what, 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 what's our, I guess you told the Willis story about the wine. You have any other Willis stories? Why, why, we, just why, a, we, why we like him as a, as a mascot type person? Just, and, and I'm not belittling him as a mascot person, but, um, you know, he's, he's there to kind of tolerate our ridiculousness. And this podcast is but a small glimpse into yeah. our ridiculousness. <laughs> And so just to have a guy who's kind of nodding and winking and, you know, he's not divulging state secrets or anything. Um, he's, he's just there kind of looking amused by what's going on. And sometimes we're the ones being amused at like Davis Bertans and Quincy Pondexter debating whether how long they could stay in the ring with Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's the type of stuff that goes on in the locker rooms. What we did learn is if, uh, if, if the basketball thing doesn't, doesn't work out for Willis, he could, he could be like the manager of a, a food service operation. We found that out one, one night. Like sometimes when the media, uh, uh, dining hall is short on food, he, he will get on the case and go get it re refilled. Uh, good guy. Good. Cool to see people like that, whether it's George Gervin, Willis Hall, you know, you, the, Tom said that the whole staff came down to Mexico City. Um, everybody got kind of a trip out of it, was able to interact with the locals, that type of stuff. And in a season like this one, that's kind of what you're looking for. But just he's, moments. He's, he's supposed to be out there warming up Devin Vassell, and he's chasing down, like, grilled chicken for you. That's Well, I mean, in the, in the city of San Antonio, who has cemented a larger legacy, among the public, who is it more important to please, Devin Vassell or Mike Finger, host of Spurs Insider Podcast? Like Willis understood where where his bread is baked. Who can help him more in the long run, Mike Finger or Devin Vassell? How many columns has Devin Vassell ever written anyway? Like less than three hundred, you know. Oh, not probably. not that. Yeah, and uh, you know, so of course, if I needed some grilled chicken, Devin Vassell needed his jump shot worked on. Willis chose correctly. Um, Anything else we need to cover? This is our our 
producer Luis mentions this is probably going to be our last podcast of 2022. He suggested, a year, he suggested a year in review. I um, sort of don't think that I want to put the, the listeners through that because it was not a great year for the local cagers. Um, but but it, any thoughts? We haven't heard from Nick Talbot yet today. Any any thoughts on the on our year at the Express News local cagers beat? Uh, uh, just your reflections on on what twenty twenty two meant. On what twenty twenty two meant? Well, it meant only rebuilding for the Spurs. I think Jeff kind of covered things so well. He wasn't so full of nonsense today that we didn't really have to stop. I didn't have to step in and say anything. So that's true. I apologize. <laughs> and we didn't get on the topic of uh, telepathic octopuses like we did on the Pick'em show. Um, you want nonsense. That was that was some nonsense. So I appreciate all you guys. I think that's the, the main thing. I appreciate all the work you guys do. So, you know, look, when I reflect back on the year, um, you know, it's not it's not easy covering the Spurs when uh, they aren't the top team anymore. You know, we covered them for years when they were, you know, going June deep and now we're covering them with a different thing. You know, it's completely different side of the thing. So I appreciate y'all for 2022. And uh, for Spurs fans, just keep your heads up. There will be better days ahead as long as these, uh, as long as the draft goes well. Tom, your thoughts at the, well, as I, we I close down just, 2022. He was just stealing your bit of ending on optimism. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let y'all do that this week. Tom, go ahead. <laughs> you picked the wrong well, yeah, the optimist, it's the holidays. <laughs> well, like Nick said, you know, it, it's, you know, it's incredible what our staff does with the, with so few, we do so much with so few and, you know, uh, David Hinojosa and Greg Luca, Nick Moyle, it's incredible uh, that the, the depth of coverage this year with so much going on, UTSA being great, UIW being great, Longhorns, you know, being what they are. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot going on this year. And uh, it's it's impressive being the guy that was on the staff when we had almost uh, you know forty uh, staffers, and being that we have eight now, it's really incredible to see uh, you know the level of coverage staying staying pretty high. So this has turned into kind of some self congratulations, which I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure people love. But I, I'm, now I'm going to move to Jeff to kind of bring us down. Which is his yeah. job. Let's talk about the way all the ways that we sucked this year. <laughs> uh, it, you're, you're, uh, do you have any non vulgar, non just totally no. bummer uh, no. 2022 thoughts? I really don't. You don't? Let's try to do better next year, everybody. We will try to do better next year. We've got some, um, again, I'm being pressed to, to, uh, to make some promises. That I don't want to make quite yet about uh, the Spurs Insider podcast in 2023 because there's no guarantees yet. But there could be good things. There could be exciting things coming up. I mean, we could um, be living on sponge cake. We could be living on sponge cake. Is that a euphemism for something? Well, I'm not know. sure what that means. I'm just, I'm just um, hungry. Okay. We could be living on sponge cake. Is sponge, Is living on sponge cake a good thing? Is it a bad thing for the rest of this year 2022 i'm just gonna think that it's a good thing because who wouldn't want to live on sponge cake that sounds good to me covering the local cagers for another several months into the 2022 23 season sounds good to me could be worse and that's what i'm gonna leave you with 
for this year until 2023. Could be worse. Take care of each other. Keep it real. We'll see you.